The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by Symbol. Guys, we have a brand new sponsor that you guys are going to love. Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your teams win, you can earn cash. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the nearly 7,000-plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.symbol.com to create a free account. And when you deposit, make sure you use the promo code SD, as in sports drink, to make your deposit risk-free. Again, that's www.simbull.com and use the promo code SD and your deposit will be risk-free. That means even if you lose money, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. Join Symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams. <laughs> this episode is also brought to you by the Spotify Green Room. Guys, the Spotify Green Room is a live, audio-only sports talk platform. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Get in on the conversation that you listen to here every single day and have a chance to be featured on your favorite podcast like this one. Download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS app store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join my group. Follow me at Larry D-E-E. It's, uh, I don't know why they didn't let me use D period, but they didn't. So follow me at Larry D-E-E to be notified when my room goes live every Wednesday, 7 o'clock Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, and join me when we go live every Wednesday night at Club 34-7. You know, I, uh, I had a feeling that it wouldn't be bad. Uh, my pessimism after the... Green Bay game and the way the defense kind of collapsed in the moment that we needed them to step up most uh, filled me with dread going into this game because of how legit the world champs have looked at times uh, during this season. But, um, you know, even even with my level of pessimism, even my glass half empty attitude when it comes to this team sometimes and just the, you know, the overall, uh, my overall attitude about this, uh, this team in general, uh, didn't believe that it would be as bad as it <laughs> didn't think that I would be that right uh, about, uh, all of this. And of course the, that was when my, my attitude and my thoughts about the team and the game were at its most extreme. Um, you, you, you know, as I said in the, uh, preview episode, and you'll hear me say it again in the first quarter knee-jerk reaction tomorrow. I thought that today's game, I, I did think that we would lose. I didn't think we were good enough to beat the Buccaneers without those unforeseen things that I talked about, the turnovers, the defensive touchdowns, special teams, you know, something like that to kind of help the offense along. 
Um, I thought it might be more of like a Cleveland type game where our defense would keep us in the mix. And then eventually in the fourth quarter, uh, a tight game would turn into a, you know, a two score deficit and we would lose, you know, 24 to 10 or, you know, something like that. Uh, instead, it was a balls up disaster from moment one. And uh, it didn't stop until the end of the first half. And then in the second half, God bless the Buccaneers. They kind of went into cruise control. Uh, they did try to put a 40 on us uh, by going forward on fourth and inches uh, at the one, and, and that was the one time the defense showed up. But uh, other than that, uh, everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Uh, instead of being the team that created the turnovers, uh, we were the team giving the ball away uh, five times uh, in this football game. Uh, Justin Fields... Uh, did not play well, but he never really had a shot either. I'm kind of like I was following, uh, you know, obviously going on Twitter throughout the game or going through Twitter. I kept my comments to myself today. Um, but Eric Lambert, our friend from SportsMockery.com, said that he's holding all of his evaluations on Justin Fields until Matt Nagy, until we get him away from Matt Nagy. And honestly, I think that's where I'm at uh, as well. I kind of have to. Uh, agree with him because we, we got to grade everything uh, on a curve because not one quarterback that we've had has looked good uh, under Matt Nagy and now that we're we're seemingly on route to uh, ruin a special kid in in Justin Fields uh, at this rate uh, I think that uh, we all know who the real problem is I mean Mitch had his flaws Nick Foles had his flaws but we've got a supremely talented athletic freak of a quarterback who's looking average to mediocre to bad. Uh, and uh, the the common denominator is, is unavoidable at this point. So anyway, this is the Bear Up, Bear Down episode for week number seven for the Bears Talk Underground. So let's go ahead and get this over with because much like last week with the Packers, uh, well, A, it's worse, but B, this will not take long so let's get to it so i am back home in chicago land visiting the family i've got the week off from uh work and uh, didn't have any place special to go so i thought i'd come in uh you know loaf around the family for a few days so i was home uh in my dad's house uh watching the uh game and uh <laughs> Oh, boy, that was uh, this was not how I wanted that to go uh, again. Didn't pick the best of weeks to come home as far as the Bears schedule uh, is concerned. But, um, you know, even with, like I said, my pessimism after losing the Green Bay game uh, and everything, I, I didn't think that it would be an embarrassment. Uh, I really didn't think I mean, I didn't think we were good enough to win the game. Um, you know, when I was angry after that Packer game, my anger and, you know, and all that led me to believe that this was possible, but I didn't think it was the likely outcome of the game. But it's like, as the game started, it was completely obvious as to how this was going to go. And it was going to be even worse than the Cleveland game. Uh, it, it just, and it was, it absolutely was because we did not show for a moment that we had any business being on the field with the Buccaneers today. And that was the huge difference between this game and the one uh, against Cleveland with Cleveland. It was just embarrassing on the offensive side where, um, 
We couldn't protect fields. We did nothing to protect fields. We didn't change anything along uh, in the game plan to to help the offensive line and or uh, our quarterback and our defense's five-sack performance on the, the Cleveland Browns went unnoticed. This time, we got run off the field on both sides of the ball from the very beginning. You know, we went three and out on the opening drive. Brady and company marched right down the field and scored a touchdown. Uh, it was an effortless thing. I don't I don't even know how many plays it was, but it was bang, 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 touchdown, 7 nothing, just like that. I mean, literally the snap of a finger, we're already down a touchdown, and we don't exactly have the offense to play from behind. Even a single-score deficit is uh, insurmountable to this offense. Uh, right now so you know and that it just snowballed from there by the end of the first quarter it was 21 to nothing and the route was on 35 to 3 at halftime and they just cruised uh in the in the second half uh god bless them and they did try to score another touchdown that they absolutely did not need but you know they came up short and that's the one time the defense really stepped up and did much of anything we got zero pressure on Brady uh throughout the game which was a huge key to this game it was one of the reasons we were able to beat him last year was we were able to pressure and make Brady uh uncomfortable throughout the football game we were able to to I don't want to say rattle him but we were definitely getting in his face and, and affecting him last year this year none of that absolutely none of that and uh you know we got run off the field embarrassingly uh, by the world champs, so this—that's why this worse was lost. Uh, w- this loss was worse, I should say, than the one against Cleveland, because we were in the game going into the fourth quarter. It was a one-score game. That's kind of how I thought this might go. I thought maybe we go back and forth. The two solid defenses that we have here, uh, even without Akeem Hicks uh, and even without Robert Quinn, which that made things that much harder, was uh, with Mac basically being the only pass rush uh, option. For us, Travis Gibson did nothing today, but zero sacks on Brady uh, today. The defense didn't really impose its will upon anything. We had a play here. We had a play there. But as far as, like, shutting the Buccaneers down, it really didn't happen uh, today. So, uh, like I said, we were completely outclassed from the start and, and completely run off the field today. We had no business sharing the field with the uh, with the Buccaneers. At least we were in it for three quarters. Uh, even though it was as ugly as it could possibly be in the Cleveland game, we still had a shot going into the fourth quarter, so anything could happen. With this one, it was over after the first quarter. It was like, all right, let's wrap this bitch up and get home. <laughs> just, you'll hear the knee-jerk reactions. At the end of the first quarter reaction, I'm already talking about San Francisco. Let's just get this over with and get the hell out of here so we can see if we can, uh, you know, uh, improve to three and one at home against the 49ers next week because this one is already done. So um, anyway, uh, bear ups and bear downs won't take long because the list on both sides is uh, short. I only have one bear up and a um, an honorable mention. And on the bear down side, I just picked out a few names and uh, we'll throw in, uh, well, actually, we'll just throw in the defense in general and things like that. So let's go ahead with the bear downs and get those over with. Uh, first one on my list, and this is in no particular order, is Lechavius Simmons. Now, I maybe I should classify this more as a um, honorable mention than anything else because he was thrown into duty at the last minute. I mean, I didn't know 
until our offense was on the field that we had lost Elijah Wilkinson today. He's on the COVID reserve list, so he was out today. All of us, like all of us, I think we've almost got some, what you would almost classify as an outbreak with the team. It started with Damian Williams last week. It got Robert Quinn, and now uh, Jimmy Graham and Elijah Wilkerson and Caleb Johnson are back up the rookie uh, free agent uh, also all on the COVID list. So we had five guys in the last 10 days go on the COVID list. I would almost classify that as an outbreak at least based on 2021 standards. Last year, that wouldn't have been that too, that big of a deal. But this year, that's definitely a lot of guys, you know, falling off at the last moment. Now, granted, Caleb Johnson was more of a reserve. Jimmy Graham has been a non-factor across the board uh, this year. But losing Quinn, losing Wilkinson, those were two big losses uh, for us, which meant we were going into the game with our third uh, right tackle Uh, as the starter and I don't know how much notice he actually got uh, that he wasn't that he was going to be playing today and sadly for him he played that way he played like he had 10 minutes to get ready and uh, midway through the second quarter the Bears benched him so uh, that's how bad it was he he just so I'm going to go ahead and give that more of an honorable mention uh, bear down because you know, the guy at, at the earliest, maybe he found out yesterday he was starting. So I I because there was no inkling to this whatsoever. I mean, I found out today, like <laughs> like during the game that Wilkinson was out. I had no idea. Um, so yeah, I would I would go with uh that he he also found out today that he was uh that he was starting. Uh did not play well, and that's where my honorable mention bear up comes in uh for Alex Bars. Because he stepped in at right tackle, and it seemed like immediately the offensive line was playing a little bit better uh, with him out there. So, I mean, it was a disaster from beginning to end anyway, but it's like his first two plays on the field uh, was was a big run from Herbert and then a big catch uh, where Justin Fields had time to throw uh, to Darnell Mooney. So it's like, okay, well, that's that's problem is solved, I guess, as far as like the, the, the damage and whatnot coming from that left side. So out of... Um, Sympathy, empathy, whatever you want to call it for for Lechavius Simmons. Let's just call that one a uh, honorable mention, uh, Bear Down. But uh, the other Bear Down I want to give is to Sam Mustafer. Uh, I was dreading the matchup between him and Vita Vea this week, and uh, I was absolutely right to be dreading that one because he ragdolled Mustafer all over the field, all over the place uh, today. And while Vita Vea didn't himself get a sack uh, in this game, uh, he was affecting you know uh, the offensive line to the point where he was basically opening things up for other guys. Like Jason Pierre-Paul had himself a day uh, against Lachavius Simmons there in the first half, and uh, uh, and what have you. But you know, Mustafer continues to struggle uh, as our starting center. Uh, he's you know being pushed around. He you know, and like I said, I don't know if it's if he's he's not strong enough, if he's not big enough, or if he's just not uh, technically sound. Because you know, you you see smaller guys like Olin Cruz wasn't the biggest guy on the offensive line. But it wasn't until he started to get a little bit later uh, in his career that you would see Olin Krutz having trouble with interior defensive linemen. And Mustafer is a very young guy, only in his second or third year uh, in the league, and he's getting ragdolled all over the place 
uh, on this one. So that's definitely got to be a point of focus in the offseason is to find us a veteran or draft us a stud uh, center uh, this year uh, in, in the offseason. So, but Mustafer continues to affect the offensive line. Had another bad quarterback center exchange in the game as well that almost became another turnover uh, for us. So, yeah, I don't know what we need to do there. I don't know if we need to look into maybe moving uh, Cody Whitehair back to center and put Alex Bars in his spot at guard or something like that. Who knows? But uh, we'll, uh, we got to do something. We have to do something. So maybe some big changes will come when we have our bye week, kind of like the same, the same thing as last year. Uh, it took us getting to the bye to realize that uh, we didn't need Rashad Coward on the offensive line, and all of a sudden we look like a competent offense with him no longer a part of it. Maybe Sam Mustafer will be this year's Rashad Coward. Now, he isn't as bad as Rashad Coward was because it was glaringly obvious from moment one uh, of 2020 that uh, Rashad Coward was not a good football player uh, and didn't deserve to be out there. But, uh, you know, it's not as extreme a case as that was. But uh, something needs to be done about the uh, Sam Mustafer and his lack of productivity on the offensive line thus far, at least in the in the passing game, especially in the passing game, actually. But actually, he's pretty bad against the run, too. So just, yeah, we got to do something about Mustafer. Uh, anyway, and um, I'm very disappointed in our defense. You know, I, I know that uh, they can only carry this team for so long, and I know that they're also allowed to have a bad game from time to time. And, and actually, you know, I don't think I'm going to officially slap them with a bear down. Uh, on this one because a lot of it was them defending on short fields that they threw out a statistic at some point in the third quarter that this was the fifth or sixth drive that the Buccaneers had started on the Bears side of the 50 yard line so it's not like these turnovers that were being generated by the Buccaneer defense were you know they were being tackled in their on deep in their own territory and then driving the field uh, against the defense i think after their first drive which went 75 yards for a touchdown the rest of the scores in the first half were all on short fields so the the, the rest of the 28 points to make it 35-3 at halftime all had to come from the you know on, on a short field uh sometimes as little as like the 27 yard line or something uh, like that so it's like there's only so much you can ask of the defense when you constantly have them with their backs against the wall it's just that you know we really needed them to step up in this game and it didn't happen so um you know we needed a performance similar to the one they cranked out against the the browns who in my opinion have a better offensive line than the uh the buccaneers do Apparently, the Buccaneers just have better coaches because they completely shut us down. Well, and that we were also missing Akeem Hicks and uh, Robert Quinn, so that didn't help. So that, I guess that's why that falls under more of an honorable mention because we were lacking some pretty important guys uh, on that uh, on that unit today. So, And then finally, I hate to do it, but I got to give a bear down to Justin Fields. Uh, you know, he's got to start getting rid of the football. He's got to start throwing the ball away. Uh, he's just got to get it out of his hands. It's, we weren't sacked, uh, you know, 100 times like we were against uh, the Browns. But, um, 
you know, there were a lot of opportunities there for him to get rid of the ball and move on to the next play uh, or whatever. I know that his receivers aren't doing a great job getting open or doing a good job at all uh, of uh, uh, of getting open. Uh, but, you know, Tony Romo was calling the game today, and he mentioned several times the decision to do something should have been now. And then when he would decide to run and break the pocket, it would be a second and a half or so later, and by that time it was too late and the defense was on to him and what could have been a decent run or something like that was only maybe a three- or four-yard run if he was able to break the pocket uh, kind of thing. So he needs to improve uh, upon that. Uh, the last interception, uh, the third interception uh, in the game in the fourth quarter, uh, I put that one on him. The first one was Allen Robinson falling. It was kind of like a uh, a, a background uh, backyard uh, football uh, play where he broke the pocket. He's rolling out to the right. He kind of heaves it. Well, I don't want to say heaves. He throws it up there for Allen Robinson, who slips and falls, and the defender catches it. If Robinson keeps his feet. I think that's a play for us. I really do. And uh, but the other thing is, there, you know what? Bear down to Allen Robinson. Number one, where the hell is this guy? You know, he was a superstar for us when we have shitty quarterbacks like Mitch and Nick Foles and Chase Daniel uh, out there. We get a guy with actual talent, and all of a sudden he disappears into the background. And every time that uh, we need Robinson to step up to make a play for us when, when Fields is is breaking the, you know, breaking the pocket, he's running around, he and Fields are never on the same page. They are never of the same mind of where to go with the football, and it would almost seem like like that made sense earlier in the season, but this is like his fifth start of the year. You guys should have some kind of chemistry. He's practicing with the starters 24-7 now. It's not like during the uh, preseason where they kept giving all of the first-team reps to Andy Dalton because that was the plan. He's been the starter for a month and a half now. So there should be some kind of chemistry, some kind of, uh, you know, of a moment of them being of the same mind to know what to do when these kind of plays happen. And yet it happened. It's happened a couple of times in the Green Bay game and it happened again today. And and ironically, all three of those plays resulted in interceptions. You know, it's like the, the, the second one, Adrian Amos, he stepped out of bounds. He didn't have control of the football, whatever the call was there. But in those other two instances, this was, uh, you know, it was an off-script kind of play. He and Robinson aren't on the same page. We end up turning the football over. You know, if Robinson had, you know, was on the same page with Fields, I believe he would have been where Fields was putting the football, and instead of trying to get there at the last moment and slipping and falling and it resulting into an interception. So uh, I, I'm I'm at the end of my wits with, with Allen Robinson. I don't understand this guy at all. Now, I know that... Our offense being more run-heavy and all that kind of stuff, the opportunities for the receivers aren't there like they were last year when Nagy was throwing it 60 times and only running it 10. Uh, I know that. But he's not making the most of the opportunities that he is getting, and it's just frustrating to see this supposed all-pro top 10 wide receiver continue to not be on the same page with our quarterback when we need him to be there. He's supposed to be stepping up in these moments, and he absolutely is not. That's why when I was talking to the Pewtercast guys, this week, I said, I fully believe that the $17.8 million that he's making on the franchise tag is the largest single-season salary he will get in his career. He blew his opportunity to make real money, and he's blown it even worse now. So there's, there's no way, with the way that he's playing now, he can't blame it all 
on the Bears and their system. He absolutely cannot. You can't blame it on the quarterbacks anymore either because we've got a legit talent back there if we don't screw it up. So I believe Allen Robinson's making the richest contract he's going to make in his entire career right here, right now on the franchise tag. Because if he resigns with the Bears, he'll be making pennies on the dollar what he was demanding in the offseason, which made him sign the franchise tag. It's just not going to happen. It absolutely will not happen. So, but, uh, you know, like I said, Justin Fields did not play well today. That third interception, which was intended for Robinson, Robinson was actually open. He had a step on his man, and uh, Fields did not make a good throw uh, and ended up being uh, underthrown and got picked off. So the the other one was the, the first one intended for Robinson where he fell. The second one was off of Darnell Mooney's hands. Uh, into the waiting arms of a defensive back. So that third one was the one that I put all on fields. So maybe you put a little too much on it for Darnell Mooney. But as they say, if you touch it, you got to catch it. He got both hands on it, but instead it skips off his fingers and into the defender's hands and killed the drive. So the Bears are moving the ball pretty well, actually, on that drive, which was why that was so disappointing, Uh, the one on Mooney anyway. But... Uh, Fields needs to play better. I know that uh, we didn't give him much of a chance with the way the offensive line played, but uh, we ran the ball extremely well, uh, especially for who we were playing against. You know, they were the number one rush defense when we played them last year. We couldn't do a damn thing uh, on the ground. But uh, this week or this year with uh, with Khalil Herbert, our third string, you know, and technically we call him our fourth string because uh, Tariq Cohen was supposed to be in the mix here. But uh, our six-round pick that was supposed to maybe contribute as a kick returner for us has uh, turned out to be a stud and ran for 100 yards uh, against the uh, Buccaneers today. So, like I said, as much as I hate to do it, I got to give the bear down to uh, to Fields. He did not play well today. It's not all on him, but uh, there were definitely some things that we were seeing uh, over and over again uh, as propensity to hang on to the football, uh, you know, Trying to make something happen. I understand what he's trying to do. Uh, at least he's not trying to do hero ball like Mitch and just heave it down there and pray for the best kind of thing. Uh, it's it's the good kind of hanging on to the ball, but it's still hurting the football team. You still got to get rid of it. So that needs to uh, improve, and we're seeing a little bit too much of it. So that coupled with three interceptions today, I got to give him the bear down as much as I hate to do it. So anyway... Let's take a quick break for our sponsors. We'll be back with our Bear Up and our Most Valuable Bear, which I think you can easily figure out who that's going to be because it's going to be one dude, and uh, we'll give him his uh, his propers here in a moment. <laughs> this episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room. Guys, Spotify Green Room is free, audio-only social media platform for sports fans. Start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, and games. Talk with other sports fans, insiders, athletes, and executives in real time. Join in on conversations with me at Club 34-7 and have a chance to be featured on your favorite podcast. I'll be hosting rooms every week. Uh, for Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern. Come through and talk to me live on Club 34-7. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app in the iOS App Store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. 
Follow me at Larry D-E-E to be notified when my room goes live. And again, every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, you can join me on the Spotify Green Room for Club 34-7. Come in. Let's have a conversation. Let's talk bears. Let's talk whatever you want. But in order to do that, you got to download the Spotify Green Room anywhere you get your apps. <coughs> this episode is also brought to you by Symbol. Symbol is the sports stock market that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. There are two ways to make money on Symbol. First, every time a team you own wins, you earn a cash win payout. Second, just like the stock market, if you think a team is going to increase in value, you can buy low and sell high for a profit. Use promo code SD as in sports drink to make your first deposit risk free. That means even if you lose money or just decide the market isn't for you, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. <laughs> so our one and only uh, bear up, we did mention a moment ago, our honorary bear up I give to Alex Bars for for stepping in for Lachavius Simmons, and uh, it did help things uh, with the offensive line. It didn't solve the problem. Uh, it, it solved our problem at right tackle, uh, but the offensive line overall wasn't very good. Uh, you know, Todd Bowles just had that defense swarming all over the place. So they were in Fields' face, five turnovers, you know, all that kind of stuff. It was uh, not a good deal. But Bars stepped up when we needed him to. So kudos to him. And that was it. We'll give him the bear up. Go ahead, Alex Bars. Enjoy that. So, but uh, our, our bear up award for the week and our, our most valuable bear again is Khalil Herbert. Uh, 18 carries for 100 yards. We didn't score a touchdown, so neither did he. But, um, you know, he backed up what should have been a 100-yard performance last week with the Packers. I, I believe that it would have been had his second touchdown counted uh, against, against Green Bay, that bogus uh, holding penalty on Mustafer that called back the touchdown. I think that would have put him over 100 yards uh, last week. Instead, he had 19 carries for 97 yards. Today it was 18 carries for 100, so over five yards a carry once again against the number one rush defense uh, in the NFL. And, uh, you know, he continues to dazzle. Uh, I really love the way that he runs the ball. He hits the hole. He doesn't try to dance his way through it uh, or anything. He gets his hands on the ball. He uses that vision. He picks a hole and he gets in it. And more times than not, he comes out on the other side. When you're averaging five yards a carry, you are getting through the line of scrimmage and into the second level, which means you will be trouble for defenses. So uh, I really like the way that he runs. Um, it's too bad that we had to abandon the run in the second half because he had like 90 yards going into halftime because um, uh, he had about 82, 83 yards. And then on the final play of the first half, he had like a seven or eight yard gain. So it like that had to put him around 90 yards going in at halftime. Had 90 yards and a half against the uh, against the Buccaneers. So, uh, you know, but he only could muster with us having to throw the ball so much in the second half and probably the, the Buccaneers making some adjustments to put a put a pin in the running game for us. Uh, Herbert was uh, barely able to get 100 yards to finish up the, uh, the day. But uh, as far as like who came to play and who actually showed up and did his job. You know, this layman's guys right here, this uh, the fat guy on the couch, the Monday morning quarterback, the only person that I saw play his game today was Khalil Herbert. So, you know, 18 carries, 100 yards, the best player on the field uh, for the Bears today, and uh, he got the job done. So uh, it's too bad that the rest of the team couldn't play up to his level so we can make a football game out of this. 
Uh, and instead, it's it, it kind of became the same thing with the Browns, where the, the nine sacks that they got on us kind of overshadowed the five-sack performance our defense had. Well, the overall beating that we took from start to finish from the world champions today overshadowed the first 100-yard day of Khalil Herbert's career. So that's unfortunate. And, uh, you know, I'm very interested to see what's going to happen uh, this week. I haven't had a chance to sit down and, and listen to any of Nagy's postgame uh, nonsense, so I don't know what he's got to say for himself and his team uh, after today's performance. Um and, uh, you know, I don't think the Bears are going to fire him uh, tomorrow um, or for those listening, for those listening to it today on Monday. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's very possible, especially if we lose these next two games against the 49ers and the Steelers, that he could, he could be let go during the bye week. Now, that doesn't mean that we should all be praying for losses these next couple of weeks. That would be the silver lining to us losing if that's what happens, that the Bears will let him go during the bye week and Sean Desai, Mike Pettin, somebody on the staff will take over as interim coach and will move forward in 2022. So I don't know, but uh, the Bears got a lot of work to do these next two weeks if uh, we want to make it through the season whole uh, because right now that's not looking like a very good uh, possibility. But uh, Khalil Herbert did the job today. He ran the football very well against what was supposed to be the best rush defense in the NFL. And uh, he ran the ball well enough to where you had to be shown a statistic to be reminded of that as opposed to them actually looking like the best run defense in football today. So it was a hell of a job from Herbert. And like I said, it's unfortunate that that performance was uh, overshadowed by everyone else's uh, crap performance uh, today. So that his first 100-yard rushing day is, uh, you know, might be memorable to him, but uh, definitely one that we as Bear fans want to immediately forget. So this was a bad, bad loss. And like I said, it was worse than the Cleveland game because at least in the Cleveland game, we hung tough for three quarters and uh, we looked like we we were competing with the Browns. Uh, Despite how badly it looked on offense, we were competing. The defense was keeping us in it. This one, the floodgates opened. The defense could do nothing in the very beginning. They were defending against short fields. The offense kept turning the ball over. It was just, it was a disaster from moment one. And, um, you know, it's, uh, and that being the answer to the Green Bay loss on Sunday, it's a bad, bad, bad look. So I don't think it's going to happen that Nagy gets fired tomorrow or today or whatever, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all if it did happen. Not really. I mean, I would be surprised in the way that that would be a first for the Bears to fire somebody midseason, but not for as far as justification is concerned. I don't think any Bear fan would have an issue with it. So anyway, that's going to do it for this uh, Bear Up, Bear Down. Come back tomorrow for knee-jerk reactions and further analysis. Let's see, uh, you know, we'll we'll take the day tomorrow and then find out what Nagy and company have to say for themselves and what the rest of the – with the rest of the good folks out there like Hogan Johns, and we'll watch the football after show to see what Briggs and Crutes and all those guys had to say about this performance, and uh, we'll put a bow on it tomorrow, close the book on week seven, and move on to week uh, week eight next week against the 49ers and uh, see if we can't turn that uh, into our fourth victory of the season. So Bears fall to three and four. 
And uh, like I said, we move forward to take on the Niners next Sunday who uh, are losing to the Colts right now. So I don't know. Looks like a winnable game for us. But it'll be up to us to step up and make it happen. So anyway, guys, come back tomorrow for the deep dive review with knee-jerk reactions and everything else in between. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.